Blog Talk Radio.
That's my prayer. Hallelujah. That's my prayer. I hope it's yours as well. Make me salt. Make me light. What a wonderful opportunity to be able to come to wherever you're listening tonight to Reaching Out Radio International. I want to greet you in the name that's above every other name on the planet, the name that's higher than every other name. And that name is no less than the name of Jesus. What an awesome name. What a powerful name. What a beautiful name. And in the name of Jesus, this is your Sister Pearl on In the Word with Sister Pearl tonight on Reaching Out Radio International. So grateful for this privilege to be able to come and share the word of the Lord with you yet another time. Uh, So grateful that you're here and listening. I want to give a very special shout out to the newest nation that has joined our radio family, and that's the nation in South America called Paraguay. So welcome, bienvenido, all of our wonderful listening audience in the wonderful country of Paraguay. We thank God for you. Thank God that you're able to listen, and we pray that we will be a blessing to you, myself, along with the um, the leader of this ministry, Evangelist Montel Fields, and all of our other wonderful hosts and hostesses. We just want to thank God for you, that you have the opportunity to listen uh, to Reaching Out Radio, and that we have the privilege of breaking the bread of life with you every day. And I don't know how many days you're able to listen to it in Paraguay, but so grateful that you're added to our listening family. And I wanted to give that special shout-out to you in Paraguay. Whenever you listen, whether you're listening live tonight or you're listening on demand, God bless you so much. And all of our listeners around the world in more than 90, I believe it's about 93 or 94 different nations right now listening, we're so grateful to be able to come into your homes, your cars, Uh, Maybe when you're uh, having a break at work or you're walking, exercising, or whenever you happen, you might be in your car, wherever you're listening to, we just thank God for you. And we pray that this um, radio station will be a great blessing, something that will help to build you up in your most holy faith. And if you don't know the Lord yet, I pray, and we all pray, that you soon will be able to call Jesus your Lord and uh, you will come into the family of God. There's nothing like belonging to Jesus. That's the only time that we can reach our God-given destiny. That's the only time that we are in alignment with the will of God for our lives. When our sins have been forgiven, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we are his children, and we can claim him as our Heavenly Father. He is a father to us like no other father, even in the natural world. If you have the best, best father, and I pray that many of you do, I know that some of you don't, that's okay. God will be to you like no other. But even the best father in the world can never be quite like Jesus because the Lord God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Uh, He knows all about us. Uh, He knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're going to do, 
and he is omniscient, meaning that he is all-wise, he is omnipotent, he is all-powerful, and he is omnipresent. He is there with you when your natural father can never be with you. So that's the God that we serve, and that's what we're about on Reaching Out Radio International, is sharing the great plan of salvation and teaching and training how men and women can live their lives in accordance with God's will. Tonight I'm going to talk about something that I have not spoken on before, and I'm excited to get into this message. Uh, You heard the song, Make Me Salt, Make Me Light. That's my desire. I hope that if you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, that you are being salt, that you are being light. Won't you join me in a word of prayer tonight? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. Thank you that you have invited me to come into your presence. We forsake every other thought, every other intention that's outside of your will for us right now in the next hour. We pray that you will attune our ears. Align our thoughts with yours, O God. Take away all distraction. Every spirit that is contrary to the spirit of God, we take authority over it by the blood of the lamb that was shed on Calvary's cross, and we cast it beneath the cross of Calvary right now in Jesus' name. We come against distraction. We come against hindrance. We come against anything and any one that would try to keep us from hearing the word of God, any contrary spirit that would try to bring confusion in our minds. We take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. And we pray that your word would go forth with power, that your word would go forth in clarity, that your word would go forth in a way that people, boys, girls, men, and women can understand all of those who speak English and can hear English, that they will be able to comprehend what you give your handmaiden to share with them tonight about this wonderful teaching that comes straight from you, Lord Jesus. Be honored. Be glorified. Be exalted in everything that is said and done. And at the end of this hour that we're spending, we pray that you will draw men and women to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. So you are the salt of the earth. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Again, your sister Pearl has just read from Matthew chapter 5. Verses 13 through 16. And please allow me to begin by stating that Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. 
You are the light of the world. Yet this message is entitled tonight, Make Me Salt, Make Me Light. So why exactly am I asking the Lord to do this when he already said that this is who we are as his dear children? Well, once a very long time ago, I heard a woman in my dad's church make the following statement in her testimony. This is what she said. I thank God for delivering me from sin. Now I ask the Lord to please help me to live a delivered life. Wow. Even though that seems very simple, as young as I was, and I can't remember my age, but I know I was very young, uh, either um, maybe 11 or 12 or a very young teenager. But she said that, and it really stood out to me. So even at a young age, the Lord allowed me to understand this adult woman's meaning. And her meaning was this. Though God had delivered her, it did not automatically mean that she herself would live a delivered life. She would need God's help to live in what he had provided for her in the same way Though God calls us salt of the earth and light of the world, he also stated that it was possible that the salt could lose its flavor, and under the wrong circumstances, the light could be hidden or placed under a basket and prevented from fulfilling its essence. What was its essence as light is to shine. Tonight, first, let us delve into what Jesus meant when he called us salt. Now, I don't really know if I can complete this entire message in an hour, but if I cannot, I promise you that, Lord willing, I'll come back in the next time that you hear your sister Pearl, and I'll complete it. But I will try, but we shall see how far I get, because I don't really time these messages, so I'm not really sure. I rather spend time to um, to really explain so that it's clear as much as God allows me to that it's clear to you when you listen. Amen. So there we go. So let's look at the word halas or halas, and it's the Greek word for salt. Halas, salt with which food is seasoned and sacrifices are sprinkled. So that's what I got from the Strong's Concordance. It, it's, it's talking about food that is seasoned and sacrifices that had been made to God that were sprinkled with salt. Now, those kinds of saline matter used to fertilize also arable land. So salt is also used as a fertilizer, salt is a symbol of lasting concord because it protects food from putrefaction and it preserves it unchanged. What does that mean? So salt is basically something that can work as a preserving mechanism. And it, it prevents it, meaning the food or whatever it's being used for, from decaying. I'm going to share with you, because often when we think about salt, if you're like me, you're just thinking about salt, 
you know, as in salt and a salt shaker that when you go to the restaurant, you see that most likely, not all the time, but many restaurants around the world will just automatically place a little shaker of salt and pepper. Not everywhere, but a lot of times. I know in a lot of the Western countries, you'll find salt shakers with salt and pepper. Uh, a lot of times in our home, we might have a salt shaker um, on our table. But there are many uses for salt. And I want to just share with you briefly um, some of them because there's a lot of common uses for salt. As I was preparing for this message, I didn't. Re- I knew there were a lot. I knew that salt was used in a lot, a lot of things, and basically, it's something that we use on a daily basis. You don't really hardly go throughout the day without using salt at some point. So one of the things is it's common salt. It's used in large amounts as table salt. It's used for preservation uh, of food and pickling. It's used to preserve raw hides. It is used in the manufacture chemicals such as chlorine and caustic soda. It's also used as baking soda. You know, baking soda is it's used for making baking powder. It's used for preparing antacid tablets. It's used for controlling acidity of the stomach. It's also used um, in washing soda. It's used to wash clothes. Uh, it's used in the manufacturing of glass and caustic soda. Then there's another use for salt um, called chili salt petri, and it's used in manufacture of nitric acid, gunpowder, fireworks. Believe it or not, when you see those beautiful fireworks, salt is involved even in that. Then in nitrate, it's used as a fertilizer. In smelling salt, you know, when often around the world, if somebody faints, what do they put right under their nose? Smelling salt. And it's also used to release uh, sometimes the common cold. Epsom salt. Many times if my body is sore, if I hurt a part of my body, I will take a hot uh, soak in my tub with Epsom salt. It's, it's also used as a laxative by patients suffering from constipation. So, I mean, this salt, salt is used in different forms for so many uses. Green vitriol, it's used in making blue-black inks and in curing leather. So if you have leather shoes or leather pocketbook or leather uh, sofa, a leather couch, a leather seat, Salt has been involved in that. Blue vitriol, it's used as fungicide in agriculture. It's used in dyeing, printing industry. It's even used in electroplating copper metals. Salt. Plaster of Paris, as in what we use to make statues. I don't use it. Perhaps many of you don't use it, but those artists that um, create and build statues. They use plaster of Paris, and believe it or not, salt is right there in plaster of Paris. It's also used for setting broken bones. Hmm. 
and potash alum. It helps in rapid settling of suspended impurities in water. It is used for the purification of water. So basically, what is your sister Pearl saying tonight? Salt is used by everyone in every culture and everywhere all of the time. Salt is everywhere. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Wow. God preserves and seasons. He seasons the believer as they grow. It is only by the grace of God that I, your sister Pearl, have been kept these many decades because of his preserving power. He preserves me. He seasons me. And he grows me. And then because I am to be a reflection of him, he wants me to be a preserving factor upon the earth. He wants me to be uh, some, someone that brings seasoning. When I come into a situation, my words he desires to be tasty and to be delightful to people who hear them. Our words can be used as preservatives to build and to strengthen not only the body of Christ, but in whatever situation and scenario that we find ourselves in, on the job, in the school, in the neighborhood, in the community, in the workplace, on the street, in the church. God wants us to be his salt upon the earth. When believers in Christ live in accordance with his will and his way, then we, be, we become tremendous influences and we are great preserving factors in the world. Now, obviously, the sadly, also comes into play because when one is claiming to be a child of God but begins to backslide, and grow cold in his or her walk with the Lord, they no longer are salt. But actually, they can even serve as deterrence to others coming to Christ. And if you're not sure what I mean by deterrence, so in other words, they can become an obstacle, a hindrance, a blockage to somebody that really wants to follow you as you're following Christ. When the believing child ceases to be light, they and them and ceases stops becoming his brilliance. Instead of leading the way towards Christ, that person will often influence people away from God and the liberating gospel of Christ. But again, I want to start first with talking specifically about salt, because he first said, we are the salt of the earth. 
Now, the Hebrew definition for salt basically is used metaphorically to signify permanence, loyalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification. So there is a stabilizing force. When I use the word permanence, there's a stabilizing force. When I am salt on the earth, I bring stability, not because of me, but because of the power of God that indwells me, I bring stability into a situation. And if I'm a true believer, I'm loyal. I'm a woman of integrity. You're a man of integrity. You're loyal. You're a man and a woman of durability. Because salt also sustains. Fidelity, meaning that you will be faithful, useful, not good for nothing, but good for the purposes of God, that your life brings value, and you are pure in your actions. May God help us. This is why I love that song that was played at the very beginning of this message, Make Me Salt. Make me life. light. Sometimes when you and I are going through hard situations, it is because we are in the potter's hand. Now, I'm not going to go into that message tonight. I brought that message several years ago. I might bring it back again for many of our newer listeners. But God is the great potter, and we are his clay. He told this story. story is uh, spoken of in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. So he is the great potter. And when I said, make me salt, even though Jesus said already, you are salt, a lot of times, like that lady that prayed in my dad's church, thank God for delivering me. Now, please help me to live a delivered life, meaning God, I thank you that you've delivered me out of sin. You've delivered me from sin. You've taken me out of darkness, and you brought me into your marvelous light. But help me now to live as a delivered person. Because oftentimes people may be delivered, and because they're not coming close to Jesus, and they're not spending time in prayer, in the word of God, they're not being spiritually fed, they soon find themselves drifting back to their old nature. Even though they had been delivered, but they're not living as people that are delivered. I can give you another example uh, in a very natural sense. There were stories I remember, especially when I was a little girl growing up in New York and in New York City specifically. And I remember one story where an old lady had passed away. She died. She had, you know, been deceased. So after she passed away, just very shortly after her passing, we learned that she was living as a pauper. She was living as 
a homeless person, even though she was not homeless, but she, she had an apartment, but it was uh, in disarray. She, she was living with a lot of things all over the place, and they found her body on her bed, the mattress in her bed. After they took her cold body from her bed, someone had the sense to look under the mattress, because they found that the mattress was not even, there seemed to be some lumps, and they just were curious, and they looked under the mattress. Lo and behold, this woman that lived as a pauper, meaning she lived as a very, very poor person, she used to go out and beg in the streets, she did not have proper clothing, Um, she looked and lived like somebody that was extremely poor. But when they had checked her mattress, the mattress in her bed, they found hundreds of thousands of dollars. But this woman, though she was, I I think it was even, I think she was actually a millionaire. But I know for sure back in the day, she she would have been considered very wealthy, okay, as far as having a lot of money. Having no children, uh, no great financial responsibilities, um, and yet she had all this money, but she never used the money. So here you go, a person that was rich but did not live like a rich person. She lived like a very, very, very poor person. If you had seen her when she was alive, you would feel sorry for her, and you most likely would have given her money even though she would have much more money than you have. But you would never know it because of the way she lived. And so that's what I took to understand what that woman had prayed. Uh, She said, you know, in her testimony, thank you, God, for delivering me, but please now help me to live a delivered life. Help me to live a life like somebody who's been delivered out of sin. Help me not to live like a sinner. Jesus said you're the salt of the earth. So you and I should be salty in a good way. We should not live like people that are not the salt of the earth. The Hebrew definition for salt basically um, is what I told you, meaning that you are to be a person of Loyalty, durability, permanence, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification. In the world, there's an idiom, especially in the English-speaking world. You are the salt of the earth, meaning that an individual is good, honest, and reasonable, friendly, and straightforward. Of course, they got this from the Bible, but many people repeat it without knowing this is a biblical principle for those that follow Christ. But many times... People in the world that don't even know the Lord, if they see a a, a person that they feel is a a person of worth, a person that is a good person, they'll say, you are the salt of the earth. Now, as a believing child of God, that's what people should say about us. That's how they should think about anybody who claims to be a follower of Christ. The entire world would be drastically different if God's people, who he called to be the salt of the earth, were to be removed. Trust me, without God's people on the earth, 
this world would be destroyed. Likewise, how vastly different would the world be if every believing man and woman of God lived our lives as his salt in this earth? Oh, my goodness. And know that God says, you are the salt of the earth. But, I want to read that again. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned or how, how is it going to season anything? And then it becomes good for nothing. The only thing that's left to do with that is to throw it out and trample it under somebody's foot. So let's look at things that we want to talk about tonight that really represent salt. First of all, in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, the word of God says, Paul to the church says to the Colossians, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Now, God, forgive me. I will confess to all of you listening in over 94 nations, your sister Pearl has not always spoken with my speech being salty or graceful even, but I aim to. That's my goal. That's my desire. And as the more and more that I yield to Christ, the more my speech, I I, I can even sense it is being seasoned all the more with grace, not mine, but the grace of God, seasoned with salt, but I still have a ways to go. I want my speech to always be with grace, seasoned with salt, and I want those of us that love God, follow God, claim to be his children, so that we would have the knowledge from the Lord by the Holy Spirit to know how to answer everybody that we're dealing with. And let me tell you, I don't have to really excuse you, but you know it is a challenge. It is not always easy. But the Lord has promised us that he's given us everything for life and godliness. So just know, sometimes it's good just to think before we answer. The older I get, the more I, I'm, I'm trying to employ this practice, thinking before I just come out and say something. Thinking. A lot of times when I'm writing, whether I'm texting or I'm uh, writing uh, a letter or I am typing up an email, I find myself more and more changing what I'm putting down because I'm thinking how is this going to come across when that person hears or when that person reads, and I want what I am sharing, even if it's something difficult I have to say, but I want it to be seasoned with grace. And that means seasoned with salt so that I might know how to answer. You know, salt is something that brings flavor. It's something that makes your food taste a lot better. 
Um, I know there's people that don't use any salt, but to be honest, even I don't like things that are too salty because then it, it's not comfortable for me to eat it. I don't want to eat it if it's too, too salty. But it needs the right amount of salt to be palatable, to, to really be something that I want to eat, that I want to consume, that I want to um, have more of. And so that's how it is for you and me as salt on the earth. We want to be flavorful. We want to be tasty. Now, is everything that we're going to say always easy for people to digest? No, it's not. Because the preaching of the gospel is an offense to those people that want to remain in darkness. That's just the way it is. And no matter how smooth and how nice and how palatable we might come across with that, just for the fact that we're speaking the words of God, some people are going to hate us just for that. Because darkness hates the light. And if a person or people or a community or a city, a people group, want to remain in darkness, even though you are you are definitely shining the light, then no matter what you say, they're not going to like it. But always remember that as God's people, we are the salt of the earth. So we're to be tasty. We're to be gracious. We're to be something that people will want more of, want to be around us want to hear what we have to say, teaching with grace, living our lives with grace, living our lives in a way that people want more. People want more. And it's not because they want more of Sister Pearl, they want more of Brother John or or, or Brother Mark or more of Sister Miriam. No, they want more of Christ in us. We should not be promoting ourselves. We need to be promoting Jesus in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Okay, so salt is used for flavoring, clearly, most definitely. And even when you add other ingredients, even if you're cooking in the natural and you add your spices, even your spices come alive with a little bit of salt. Okay, so that's one, flavoring. Number two, preserving. In many parts of the world where there's little to no refrigeration, salt is used to preserve meat. Fish. I know I lived in Asia for many, many, many years. And and they're so accustomed. I mean, even though many of the nations that I went to and many of the communities that I lived in, they did have refrigerators. But when I lived in some of the more remote areas, I'm talking about the real remote areas, there was no electricity, nowhere to be found. So, of course, if there's no electricity, there's absolutely no way that you're going to have a refrigerator. So there are no refrigerators, zero refrigeration. So what do you do? They use salt. So I literally witnessed this. They use salt to prevent the food from becoming corrupt or ruined. Salt not only flavors and makes food tastier, it saves food. And as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. You and I are God's salt on the earth. God uses us 
to things that are going to be corrupted from being corrupted, from being ruined. I'm going to give you an example of that. When children were used to work in Great Britain and in many, many, many places, even still happening around the world today, we're talking about children as young as six and seven and eight years old going out and working 10 hours a day. That is not healthy for a small child to be working as a full adult. And so it was the missionaries that came to these nations and taught the people that it is not good to allow your little ones to work like an adult. They need to have a childhood. They need to live as children and to be taught not working like adults. And so in in those environments, the man of God, the woman of God that came with the word of God, they served as a preserving factor in those communities, in those nations, in those um, islands, in those continents. I can tell you about um, foot binding in China in the early 20th century, just at the very, very uh, beginning of the 20th century, in the early 1900s. It was a missionary that spoke to the empress, even though she risked her life to do that. She spoke to the empress and she begged her to stop binding up the feet of little baby girls. It was such a horrific practice, and it would wind up in the women being crippled and having these deformed-looking feet, and they would walk in pain. Even feet were very little, and what they considered in their culture at that time to be pretty, they were deformed, and they walked in pain every day of their life. But the Christian that spoke to the empress was the preserving factor and said, please stop this. You're not helping these little girls. And believe it or not, that practice had ceased. The empress listened, and and she took the advice of that missionary, was Gladys Aylward, and she stopped the practice of foot binding. There was some nations um, in Africa, not every nation, and also there were certain cities in India that would, if there, there was a twin, twin babies born, they thought that those twin babies were a curse. So instead of allowing them to live, they would, I know in, in certain cities in India, they would throw them in the ocean and cause them to die. And in one of the African nations, or two of them, they would actually kill one of the, the, the twins and let the other one live. But the Christians, when they came there to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, They came as salt on the earth, and they spoke in love. They spoke with seasoned tongue. They spoke with grace, and they helped the people to understand by the power of the Holy Spirit to stop these wrong practices, and they literally saved lives. So salt on the earth is preserving factor. It's a preserving factor when there is little to no refrigeration, when people don't understand. In the natural, we're talking about when there's no refrigeration. It it protects the meat. So they have salted meat, salted fish, salted um, beef, like corned beef. 
salted vegetables. A lot of the Asians, they like the salted vegetables. You and I are to be salt on the earth. You and I are to be that preserving factor on the earth. Salt was also used in sacrifice. Leviticus chapter 2 and verse 13, it says, In every offering of your grain offering, you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant. See, because God is a covenant-making God. And he makes covenant with you and with me as we surrender our lives to Christ. And we make covenant with him. He said that the covenant of your God to be lacking, do not allow the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. So salt was necessary even as a part of the Hebrew sacrifices to the Lord. All of the sacrifices, they were sprinkled with salt. Therefore, I'm reading now from the New Testament. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. God is not asking us today to offer up lambs, okay, and, and the young calves. He is asking us, and he's not asking us to kill our children physically either. He's not asking us that. He's asking us to present present our living bodies, meaning that we're living, but we're living sacrifices to God. What does that mean? It means that we are living sacrificially unto the Lord. And what does that mean? It means that it takes something from us to live for God, to please God. In other words, I am not doing my own thing. I am doing what God wants me to do. Jesus said it best when he was about to allow himself to be sacrificed for your sin and for mine. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will, Heavenly Father, be done. Jesus was not hopping and skipping Golgotha. In the natural, who would want to be tormented? Who would want to be sacrificed on a cross? Jesus being fully God, fully man, the man part of God was not eager to get on that cross. And that's what he said. If it were possible... Take this cup away from me, but then, nevertheless, not my will, Heavenly Father, but your will be done. Look, there are things that I have sacrificed because I want to please God. There are things that I wanted in my flesh, but I wanted to please God. And this is how come the Bible says to offer up the sacrifice of praise. When everything is going easy, everything is going 
your way, the way that you would like it, you feel comfortable, you feel happy, you feel joyful, it's easy to praise God under those circumstances. But how about when things are going very difficult? It's a whole other ball game for us to do what God wants us to do. And in those instances, in those times, We are to live sacrificially. We are to subdue our own flesh, own wants, our own desires, our own will, our own ways. Submit to God. Be in subjection to God. And I tell you, if you know a little bit about what I know, Doing so is always going to be at the end of the day for your good. I remember so many times when I thought I wanted something or someone, and God said, no, I was so happy later on that I listened to God and did not please myself. So you and I are to be sacrifices of salt. You and I are to be sprinkled with salt, and live our lives sacrificially, just as the literal sacrifices were always sprinkled with salt in order to be pleasing to God. So you and I must be sprinkled with salt and live sacrificially as living sacrifices holy, pleasing, acceptable to God. You know, some people used to want to offer to God, you know, a young calf that maybe there was something wrong with it, a bulging eye that they couldn't sell or, you know, some kind of sore. This is so wrong. God said, don't even think about offering me something like that. Give me the very best because I deserve the very best. I gave you my best in the person of my son Jesus. Now you give me or best. And we can never earn our salvation. There's nothing inside of you or me that can deserve salvation. I don't I, it doesn't matter what we do. No good works, none of that. It's nothing about good works. God's not interested in that. Our lives will produce good works just because we belong to Jesus, but that does not earn our salvation. That just comes because we're his children. And that's what we do. Amen? So number four, salt also annihilates. It wipes out, destroys, obliterates, damages, attacks. Now we hear a lot more about this in the Old Testament, but I want to first start with the words of Jesus himself. Because we often think about salt as being, you know, pleasant. But in this case, it's to destroy. It's to wipe out completely. It's to do damage. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. So in that case, Salt is completely obliterated. 
something. I know that I've been trying to get rid of some weeds by my front yard. And I was told that if I use vinegar with a lot of salt in that solution, the weeds are not going to come back up. I hope it's true because I haven't tried it yet, but I'm going to do it. Now, in Genesis 19 and 26, we all know that Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt due to her utter disobedience. The word of the Lord came to them, don't look back as you leave Sodom and Gomorrah. She turned around, she looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Salt was also used for judgment. And in her case, that was her judgment. Wow. As believers living our lives in obedience to the will of God, we are his signs. We are God's signs of righteous judgment on the earth to the enemies of God and his impending wrath if they do not repent, talking about the people that don't follow God, and change course. You and I, again, as salt on the earth, are constant signpost to God's judgment to those that are not living in accordance with God's will. Salt on the earth. Deuteronomy 29 and 23. The whole land will be a burning waste of salt and sulfur. Nothing planted. Nothing sprouting. No vegetation growing on it. It will be like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim which the Lord overthrew in fierce anger. So again, another example of salt being that which will destroy. Salt is also a fertilizer. You know, in the natural, a fertilizer is either a chemical. I I like to use the natural substances. But it's either a chemical or natural substance that if you add it to the soil on your land, it increases the fertility in the right proportion. So we are here on the earth to enrich, to help preserve the, the plant and promote growth and increase fruitfulness, protect against disease. Oh, my goodness. We are going to have a part two. Absolutely. I really want to get into this, this part about us being salt with the definition of fertilizing. If there was ever a time that God's people need to be salt on the earth, it is right now, November the 19th, 2023, and going forward. Whether you live in Asia, Africa, Australia, Europe, North America, South America, the Caribbean islands, even in our newest nation in South America, Paraguay or Paraguay in English, wherever you're listening to me from, 
and you are a believing child of God, this is the time that you must be salt on the earth. Next week, God willing, we'll talk more about, we'll finish up the salt part and we'll get into the light because Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Oh my goodness. Let us be light. Let us shine bright. More brilliant than ever before. Than ever before in your Christian experience, in my Christian experience. The world is growing so dark. The world is in such need of salt on the earth. This is our greatest opportunity. Will you please let me pray with you? Heavenly Father, as I share this word, I speak to myself. Oh, God, help me to be your salt on the earth. Help me to be representing you as light in this world. I pray for those around the globe that have listened to this message and don't know Jesus. May you bring them to the saving knowledge of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And may they repent of their sins and fully invite you by the power of your Holy Spirit to come and live inside of their lives. Help them to believe in their hearts that you raised Jesus from the dead to forgive their sins and that they will confess with their mouth that they have taken Jesus as their Savior, as their Lord, as their new master, as their God. They're no longer in control, but they're following you. Cover them divinely with the blood of Jesus that the enemy can do them no harm. Uh, Plant them in a good fellowship. And God, for all of those around the globe that have listened to this word tonight and they love you and they follow you, may they be salt. May they live as salt. May they live as light as never before, greater than ever before. Be honored and glorified in our lives. Bless us and make us blessings, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is your Sister Pearl within the Word with Sister Pearl on Reaching Out Radio International. May the Lord bless you real good. God loves you so much. So do I. But no one loves you like Jesus. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. God bless you. Bye-bye.